Hello, St. Matthews United Methodist Church, and for those of you who are joining us online, I'm Pastor Kelly. And I'm Pastor Dave. Man, that only took eight takes, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm really excited. And it's just our names at this point, so... <laughs> Dude, I, oh man, whenever people talk about like, Kelly, with great power comes great responsibility. It's like, bro, I can't even say my name. Like, <laughs> leave me alone. Um, I'm I'm really excited about today's, um, you know, not to say that every week I don't prepare things to do this, but like I sat Sunday and really thought about how much fun this one was going to be. <laughs> um, now, uh <laughs> Dave preached the message Sunday. Uh, I have notes this week uh, on original sin uh, and the concept thereof and Jesus and stuff. Uh, you did a great job, as well, I say, Jesus and stuff. Um, but no, <laughs> like I, I think uh, I loved how you opened because you said uh, we're going to be talking about Romans and we're going to be talking about Paul, and I'm so sorry. And everybody <laughs> went, ah. Uh, but I... Uh, I think that's incredibly indicative of kind of like the theme of our conversation today on, I love Paul, mm-hmm. um, and I love the book of Romans, mm-hmm. uh, and a lot of it is because I was fortunate to have people around me that kind of encouraged me to dig deeper and, and to try to find ways of understanding it that weren't ones that I had already received, mm-hmm. and now like reading things from Paul's, from Paul or Paul's epistles or, or people who wrote like Paul, like all the things, right? Um, and even Romans, like, I just, they're fantastic parts of Scripture for me. Uh, but they weren't always, um, which, hence, I think, why people were groaning when you said, sorry, <laughs> Paul and Romans. Um, but Well, uh, and, and let me clear that up a little bit. Yeah. The, the, you know, Paul writes with a style that's, I mean, let's just say it, it's hard to read. Mm-hmm. He writes, um, he says the same thing. Uh, in different ways, uh, over and over and over again, his sentences get to be stupid long. Uh, you know, by I'm not. Dave's not calling me by, stupid by today's <laughs> by today's standard. And mm-hmm. so, to read Romans and and the writings of Paul means you have to kind of slog through that writing style that's mm-hmm. just very unnatural for us to read today. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, and then the 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 topics that he's talking about are are kind of tough to, to understand as well. They're, they're, I mean, heavy topics, they're, they're central to the faith, but they're, they're just hard to kind of think, think through and, and to deal with. And so for two reasons, then, uh, Paul is, is difficult to, to kind of focus on and to spend a lot of time on. And so that was my joke to the, to the congregation. I'm, I've, uh, we're going to be in Romans through, through most of Lent. Uh, so, so we're going to be, so we're going to be slogging through this. Um, and, uh, the comments I got after church were, thank you <laughs> for one, recognizing that Paul is, is difficult mm-hmm. material. Uh, and then thank you for taking this time to, in the series to kind of parse it and to help us get. Yeah. It. I've always felt too, um, that with Paul, you know, when I say I was outmatched, um, for me to for you to really dig in, I think for a person to really dig into Romans or anything Paul's writing, essentially, there's so much context you have to understand, mm-hmm. and that's true of like the overwhelming majority of Scripture, right? But there's stories in Scripture and there's places in Scripture where you can take it at face value, you can kind of get the gist of some things. Paul is pulling concepts from like before his great 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 grandpappy was alive and like then into the future and then he's like going hey and check this out and then yeah. and so there's all of these things that Paul takes 
that if you have no prior understanding, you don't understand who he's writing to or what arguments he's trying to settle, or even Paul is a person in Paul's own story. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of times, especially in Romans, where you're like, what? But so you know the right thing to do, but you can't do it because you do the wrong thing, but that's okay because Jesus. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what? <laughs> and so there, but again, like, yep. There's all these other things that kind of, so with Paul, it's almost like you have to do extra homework. You do. It's not just uh, open the book and read Paul and be, and know what Paul is talking about. Yeah. You can't, especially Romans, you can't go to Romans and be like, oh, I get it. Uh, there's, there's other concepts. Um, and, and there's something we're going to talk about today too, that you touched on in your sermon that I loved about, you know, Paul essentially and how Paul's talking about sin is just this, I try to like, I'm, I'm in 20. 23 America, right? Like I can't put myself in the ancient world when this is circulated, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I can't imagine what that would have been like to hear this for the first time, mm-hmm. you know, and be like, wait, that makes sense. Uh, because you know, all this other understanding and history and, and everything else mm-hmm. that you would have been exposed to. Mm-hmm. Um, well, and Paul, I love it. And, and Paul, uh, let's, let's put into context what Paul is doing. I mean, he's writing a letter to Rome to the Christians in Rome and Paul has never been to Rome, so Paul has spent. Um, you know, this is one of the later works that Paul did. So he's had time to build his his theology, uh, to build. You know, to make the shift from being a Pharisee uh, uh, and and persecuting Christians to being, you know, one of the greatest apostles, um, you know, that ever lived, and going out and spreading the the good news of Jesus Christ. Right. So he's had all of that time to to make that shift, and now he's trying to kind of condense it all into a letter to these people that he's never met. And so he's trying to go, he's trying to build a logical argument, he's trying to build a spiritual argument, um, uh, and and he's trying to introduce himself uh, to the Christians in Rome throughout this letter. So that's, I mean, he's, that's a big task in itself yeah. once you realize that. And so what he has created in the letter uh, to the Romans is kind of his uh, theology and and his views of faith. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and he's written the better part of the New Testament. So, um, you know, those are things that are built in to, you know, have been passed down and given to us over, right. you know, in our faith as well. Right. So it, it's, it is uh, hard to understand, and it's important that we do it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Hey, we're starting. Uh, on Paul, before we start, start, uh, then I'll flick the second light. Just kidding. Um, but one of the other things I love, too, is is I consider Romans... It's not Paul's manifesto, because I don't think Paul's ego was that big, mm-hmm. um, which somebody might be like, Paul doesn't have an ego. And I go, I think Paul's ego was like way more in check than people think it was. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you're talking about this lived out mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. This is near the end mm-hmm. for him. Mm-hmm. And he always wrote with a understanding of a cultural context too. So like the even Romans is like to the Christians in Rome who would have been called followers of the way, right? They I don't know if they were were they labeled Christians at that time? No. No, right? Or believe, like it, these are the things right. right. But so even then, like it's just almost like his. It's not his manifesto because I'm sure there's other letters he was writing to stuff. This one was canonized, but this is like 
like you're saying, you're taking years of doing this in missionary journeys, and you're in a cell probably at this point, I think, right? Mm-hmm. And he writes this dynamite letter that is just so theologically deep and a combination of all these things for the betterment of a specific people group at a specific time in a that specific place. That he's only heard about. That he's only heard about. He's not even... like it's it's. Uh, I heard one time somebody ranked like the top 10 most influential human beings that have ever mm-hmm. lived. Jesus is like number one. Mm-hmm. Paul's in like the top five. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so when we talk about when I, so I'm not sounding like I'm just gushing over Paul. Jesus was incredibly important to the start of the movement, obviously, and the Holy Spirit. But Paul is a human, is one of the, like, especially with our faith, is like one of the most important people. Mm-hmm. He he was so influential to the start of everything and the following through of things. Um, and he's just brilliant. Like reading his stuff when like if you like go and you dissect it and you like really like sit in it for a minute, you know, I get to come to the scriptures and read other people's thoughts, you know, for the last thousands of years. Mm-hmm. Paul was just writing the stuff and then sending it out. Right. Um, so... Well, and you're making an important point. Whenever we're reading the New Testament, we have to realize that all of the writers uh, were the kind of the first generation of people. And so they were, some of them making the move from from the Jewish faith Mm -hmm. into what would become, you know, the groundwork for the Christian faith. Right. Uh, But they were trying to figure that stuff out. So they, you know, some had been raised in Jewish faith, some had not. Um, but they all had Jesus had been presented to them. And so they were trying to figure out how does that fit? How is it different? What's it mean for us? How are we going to live differently now that, right. um, you know, Jesus uh, is, is part of our, our, our now faith tradition. Mm-hmm. Um, what does that mean? How do things change? And so when we read through the new Testament, we're, we're reading not about a people who have everything figured out, but, uh, about a people who are trying to figure things out. You know, they're in that messy kind of transition kind of phase. Uh, some some uh, uh, of those Jewish Christians um, would would practice the Jewish Sabbath on Saturday and then worship uh, in a Christian way, uh, mm-hmm. worship the, uh, the resurrection then on Sunday. So they'd have a whole weekend full of of church, right. we would call it today, right? Um, because they considered themselves, you know, they didn't consider that they were doing something new, um, in that they were still Jewish, they were still practicing uh, Sabbath and and uh, that, and then they were uh, kind of saying, and the resurrection is important, and Christ is important, mm-hmm. and we're starting to to merge these things together. Uh, and that's where we come into the picture, you know, thousands of years later after. <laughs> it's so crazy, right? It's like... <laughs> yeah, and just thinking of Christian history and all of the kind of permutations and the changes mm-hmm. and the way that that has developed over time. I love uh, it. Oh, sure. I love well, it. Well, you know, we're, we're geeks, so we're going to... Yeah, that's also true. We're, we're, that's we're, also true. We're going to be all in that <laughs> stuff. Um, Amanda called me a geek the other day, and I was like, I'm a nerd. And she was like, you're not cool, so you're a geek. I was like, thanks, babe. Appreciate that. Um, yep. yep. So on to our super heavy topic mm-hmm. of today. Mm-hmm. Uh, your sermon Sunday was called Life for All, which I thought was a fascinating title for a sermon that was going to talk about sin uh, and original sin and all the things. That's right. I'm being dramatic. <laughs> um, 
but I there was things you you kind of covered and and went into uh, that I think were really important, uh, and I thought they were really well thought out and and wonderfully presented. So before we get into it, I want to gush on Dave for a sec. Dave uh, was in my office yesterday, day before, day before, and uh, he stopped by and, and poor Dave. What Dave should do when he comes in the office is he should just literally like just go right to his or come in the back way because if you stop by mine, you're gonna get an earful. Uh, uh, so anyway, so he's like. You know, we're talking and I was like, man, you just did a masterful job of taking these highly contentious topics that are very difficult and explaining them in a way that was helpful. Uh, you articulated it well. And I thought they were very thought provoking, too. So people could walk away from that and kind of sit in that uh, to which you had a rebuttal for me, which we're not going to go through on the podcast. <laughs> um, but I, I thought I thought you did a brilliant job. So I. I just kind of start walking us through essentially okay. where where we started. Well, the the passage that we covered uh, was Romans five. It started at twelve or, thir- or thirteen, 13 19. Uh, thirteen through nineteen. Um, and Paul is talking. First of all, Paul is talking about the greatness of Christ and about grace mm-hmm. throughout the letter of Romans. But in this particular section, he kind of he covers. He dives into what about to sin, mm-hmm. uh, and he does it in a in an interesting way because he's not talking about individual sin, you mm-hmm. know? So w- when we, when we, you know, make those choices to do something or not to do something that are against God's will, those are individual sin. Right. And so that's on us a hundred percent. Right. You know, we, 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 at this point in, in our lives, we knew better <laughs> Yeah, and we chose to, to right. do otherwise. Past the age of accountability, right? right? All right, the things. Right. Yeah. Uh, but there's, but Paul is not talking about those that kind of individual sin, mm-hmm. and this is what's difficult because the individual sin is probably what we dwell on in the church and in our teachings and and in our our walk. We probably dwell on that that individual sin, and we don't talk about this this kind of global cosmic sin mm-hmm. that Paul is really talking about. If you read that that you know just in that first verse of uh, verse thirteen. <clears throat> You break that down, and you see that he's talking about sin as a universal force, a cosmic force, mm-hmm. um, and uh, in a way that's bigger than you know the individual sin. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's that's you know kind of part one of why this is this is uh, uh, difficult for us because it's talking about sin in a way that we're not used to hearing hearing it. Yeah, so one of the stories and narratives we have in the states, right, is personal accountability. Yeah, personal choice. You can you can do it if you try really really mm-hmm. hard. And Paul's like, nope, <laughs> not how any of this works. That's right. Uh huh. You can stack the deck as much as you want. It's not going to go well. <laughs> uh, and so I I think to your point, that's fascinating. So for me, conversely, uh, I think. We not only focus a lot on our own sin. I think we focus a lot on other people's sins. Well, yeah, and then and then <laughs> two and then two also. I think our understanding of cosmic sin is also lacking. Mm-hmm. Like because there's this this. If you just take Paul again at face value without context, I mean, this dude pulls no punches. He's very direct. He's incredibly blunt. This is how it is, and like. I've been anointed by God, so deal with it, right? Mm-hmm. And and so if you take this, I think it can lead people to places, and for me, for a long time, it led me to places like, well, everybody's just wicked then. And I don't, I don't think that's what Paul's getting at here. No, no. 
Well, and, and, you know, because the writing in Romans and Paul's writings can be a tough slog, we've been very tempted over time to pull, you know, bits and pieces out <laughs> and try to build something out of that. And when we do that, we lose kind of the main message that he's, he's giving. I think that uh, probably for Paul more than any of the other writers of the New Testament uh, is kind of been the way it's been done. Mm-hmm. It's easier that way. You know, it's easier to find something that, oh, I can, I can use this. And it's not really kind of what Paul was wanted to say Mm -hmm. or what he was trying to say. Um, And so here, and I think this is a perfect example, this passage in Romans, Uh, but he's trying to, to say there's something bigger that we are part of. Uh, Now this is uh, St. Augustine, um, you know, kind of, you know, was, was working on this as well and, uh, coined the term original sin. Mm -hmm. And because Paul is talking about Adam in this passage and kind of comparing, uh, the sin of Adam and, and the grace of not comparing, but contrasting Mm -hmm. the sin of Adam and the, the sin of the world and how Christ has come and has defeated that sin and has, has begun the work Mm -hmm. of, of bringing the world to order, um, in a godly way. Augustine saw that and this and developed this this idea of original sin of that Adam sinned and that we inherited that sin that all humanity inherited that sin now mm-hmm. look listening to that from our point of view we might think that oh so it's in our DNA you know it's in our it's in our physicality uh-huh. that there's something sinful there mm-hmm. and as you had mentioned then that's got twisted into we are bad right uh, but Genesis, thanks, Augustine, <laughs> jerk. But, but Genesis clear makes it very clear that all that God created, He pronounced as good. That God pronounced as good. I so mm. one. I Dave helps everybody, uh, and this is what I meant by brilliant, like breakdown of. You know, you just like masterfully articulated and worked through, you know, thousands of years of people debating. I'm not kidding. Like, that's a thing. Like, people fight about this, like these these concepts. And so for me, there's there's two things that like I that help me reconcile things. One is um, there are things that don't have concrete answers. Mm-hmm. For sure. um, and so I I quote unquote live in the camp of. I don't necessarily think Paul or the answers we get in Genesis are like, you know, inherited, not inherited. It's just how it is. This other stuff. I think it's more kind of just describing that like something's broken, mm-hmm. which to me is a harder answer because I'm like, but why is it broken? Where Where's the blame that I get in this? And it's kind of just like, it's just how it is. And I go, but why? And that's not. Augustine tries to answer that question. Paul mm-hmm. kind of gives us the the framework. The framework ish. Now, mm-hmm. is Adam a person or is Adam an allegory for all people? There's a whole thing there. Um, but for me, like as I've dug and dug and dug, where I've landed is, oh, it's just it's broken, mm-hmm. and it's not that I'm awful and evil because that's where that's so tough. Is God's like, oh, creation is good, and I go, but we suck, and God's like, no, and I'm like, but yes, and then, but it's. But it's describing a bigger picture, right? Because Paul, especially later in, during this whole narrative in Romans, is talking about how the law points out sin, mm-hmm. but it doesn't point out mm-hmm. salvation. It just mm-hmm. highlights mm-hmm. that sin is a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And so for us, well, go ahead, go ahead. Uh, the the law, south there is salvation. There, there. is, there is, yes. Um, if you follow the law, if you follow the law, and Paul's <laughs> which like, which is impossible, and Paul's like, nobody can follow the law. Right, so right. <laughs> square one. Um, but it is this, and it's and this is part of the the slog of Paul. It's like, why don't you just lead with that, man? <laughs> Why you got to like, you know, point A to point B to point C to point D. And I'm like, oh, you're an academic. That's why. Uh-huh. Uh, nerd. Uh, but in that. So for me, it's like, oh, so the picture we're painting is it's not about who deserves what as much as it is like we're starting from the core fundamental or foundational place of like sin is a thing mm-hmm. and we're broken mm-hmm. and everything's broken. Now, it's not that it was inherently designed that way. So we're starting with things are good, then things break. Now, how they break and what they break, we can debate, but what we won't debate, what is a true, what is a truth and what is a fact is that it is broken. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't there when it broke, but I have contributed Mm -hmm. to its continuing breakage, Mm -hmm. if you will. And so, like you just did, way more eloquently than I just did. It's broken. Everything's broken. But- but I think that's really important what you just said, which is we start good. And Paul does this too. Paul doesn't just say, oh, we're just totally depraved and evil and we're only capable of terrible da-da-da-da-da. It's God made it good, and then it broke, and it's been broken since. Um, and I think that that's really important. And what's hard again, and I'll kick it back to you, is that's a difficult thing to sit in. I think mm-hmm. it's difficult to go, wait, so sin is real and things are just, they're broken. What does that mean? Mm-hmm. How do I understand that? How do I reconcile that? Um, because contrastly, right? Like, and we're not going to get into this today, but then when we talk about Jesus and what Jesus encourages us to do, that perspective, I think when Jesus starts to go like, hey, go do this, that gets really hard. Mm-hmm. She have to go, oh, like, oh, no. So anyway, um, yes, Augustine, uh, the apple. Yeah. Oh, by the way, real quick, because you're, you know, geek. Uh, did, like, apples, like, stop selling in Rome when, like, Augustine <laughs> came up with this, like, idea? Or was there, like, an apple, like, oh, like problem? <laughs> I mean, it's, it's interesting. I mean, Augustine is known more for his pear story than his apple story. It's fair. <laughs> That's fair. Um, so anyway, I'll, and we won't we won't follow that uh, rabbit hole. But but look up uh, Augustine's uh, pear story, mm-hmm. and and in that story, he's really he's still he's wrestling with this idea of sin, mm-hmm. and then what causes the sin. So it was part of the build up into yeah into the uh, the idea of original sin. Um, but so so the 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 uh, you know I've said that or we've we're talking about inheriting mm-hmm. sin. And then in the, on the slides I had for Sunday, I said, we, we inherit the sin, but not in, not through DNA, not genetics, not, yeah. not genetics, not any of those kind of things. Mm-hmm. Of course we have this language now and this knowledge that we can talk about it in that way that nobody had that a hundred years ago, you know, much less a thousand crazy years ago. how things yeah, change. Yeah, sure. Uh, so what happens is, is that sin entered the world through the fall, mm-hmm. uh, world uh, theologically, the world changed during the fall. It's when it breaks. It's when it breaks. <laughs> but when Adam and Eve turned away from God, mm-hmm. when they wanted to be like God, 
eating the apple of the knowledge of good and evil, becoming mm-hmm. like God, uh, uh, not being kind of happy <laughs> with, a, you know, in, in, in the created mm-hmm. order that God made them. Right. Um, they began the, 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 the process of the broken world. Right. So when we say we inherit that sin, we are born into this place of brokenness mm-hmm. that has been broken, that, that has all of these effects of sin that have, have compounded over time uh, and are part of the, you know, the systems. I'll use the word systems. Paul uses a term powers and principalities mm-hmm. um, throughout his, his works, when he, and, and he's talking about kind of this, this concept. Mm-hmm. But if we think about what have we created, we as humans, that is perfect? There's nothing. Um, and what have we created? We've developed civilizations. We've developed, um, you know, religion, just, religion. We've medicine, science. Mm-hmm. You know, and all kinds of stuff. All all kind of stuff. And none of it's perfect. Um, so those those problems are, are are part of our culture and part of our world um, because we're not perfect in 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 approaching these things. Uh, and so who's, so then the question is who's responsible, um, you know, and you really can't point to any individual, different mm-hmm. people play bigger roles in different systems, of course. Right. But you really can't point to any individual and say, this is to blame. This is, um, uh, you know, how this gets fixed. That's a, you just said something I thought that was mm-hmm. really the just gold, mm-hmm. which was, um, different people play different roles in different systems. Mm-hmm. So don't confuse uh, influence with um, uh, better or worse. Like this is one of the things that Paul also writes later of like, you know, all sin is the same, mm-hmm. right? No, it's not Paul. That's Old Testament, right? All sin is the same in the eyes of God. And so like one of the things that's always really tough, and I remember growing up watching some people like go to college campuses and go like if you, you know— got mad at your brother, you're the same as a murderer. And I go, that's going to do well at a college campus. But anyway, so like, but in the concept of, I think that theological framework, the positive place and the good place it can lead you to is essentially what we're talking about, which is, um, you know, I say this so you can get an idea of where I'm at theologically, is whether Adam and Eve is a literal account or not, for me, one of the points of that is this explains my pattern of behavior, which is to turn away from God, to lean on my own power, and to do my own thing, because mm-hmm. I think, or I feel, or I believe at some part of me that I can do it apart from God, and God is not trustworthy. There's this thing that I do. Mm-hmm. And so Adam and Eve are this perfect narrative tool to explain the lens in which I view the world, and I go, why would I ever think that I could just do it and it would go fine or perfectly mm-hmm. when it's never in the history of ever for any person who has ever done this gone well? Like, it just doesn't. It doesn't mean it doesn't go well. But it will never end in the place that we want it to because the only way it's perfect is when God does it mm-hmm. and Jesus is involved and we're f- in full submission and, you know, full relationship, right? And so, like you're saying, with Paul, too, Paul, I think, just reiterates that point, which is going, okay, so you've inherited this thing, and even Augustine kind of just fleshes that out more mm-hmm. of, mm-hmm. Um, now, 
my framework, if you will, I'm married to a person who does behavioral therapy, so behavioral science. So I talk about behavior because I'm being trained. (laughs) (laughs) But in that, it's helped me theologically going, oh, this explains why I do this. Mm -hmm. Oh, because... You know, we go, well, Adam and Eve were with God. How could they like totally be tempted and turn away? And I go, yes, because God has never shown up miraculously in my life and done something completely obnoxious and cool that I cannot explain. Had to be God. And then three minutes later, I'm on the highway wanting to cut somebody <laughs> off because they honked at me. I mean, it's just, it, it does such a great job, I think, of kind of framing for us. What is original sin or what is it? And it's like, mm-hmm. oh, we bump against that. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, I, I do think I know best. N- not just bump against it, but it's integral in our lives. Yes. It is thoroughly woven throughout our lives. And in the systems and the powers and the principalities mm-hmm. or whatever we mm-hmm. subscribe to, um, you know, I find it fascinating too, because I I used to feel like it took me a very long time to to find that and structures and systems Mm -hmm. and now i feel like they scream at me yeah like i find it real quick i'm like oh okay okay that's the that's the broken part that's Uh the that's the part Mm -hmm. that's like totally self-serving well self-seeking yeah you know so if if you're doing kind of mission work Mm -hmm. so you're reaching out and you're trying to help uh people who who need help and you start asking the question well why are they in this place very quickly you run into a place where a system is broken and has allowed that to happen. Mm-hmm. So it's, um, you know, if we're kind of being missional, like we were created to be, um, it's easy to bump into those things. Mm-hmm. And it's, and this was a point I made on Sunday that is really kind of my main point, I think is that if we, when we start bumping into those things, it's really, really easy to be overwhelmed Yes. You know, you start to see the brokenness in the systems that surround us and you start to see how big the problems are and how difficult the solutions are in a humanly way. You become overwhelmed. Uh, but then the hope, the grace comes in, but that Paul is really trying to to lead us to by saying it's not too big for God, that Christ is working in this world. Christ is working to give hope. Uh, in all of these cases, is working against this original sin just as much as uh, is uh, Christ is forgiving our individual sins, right? And it's and and in that as that process works itself out in your life, in my life, and everybody's lives that that are submitted to it, right? Like I think one of the things when you talk about being overwhelmed, so I've made this point before, I think, in here, but um, when we talk about you know uh, having the lens of Christ. Right? We want to see the world in the manner in which Jesus sees it. And I go, be careful when you ask for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and not just be careful, but like if you are a believer and you are working towards a fullness and a relationship with Jesus, like that's coming. You're going to get it. Uh, we sing worship songs like, God, break our heart for what breaks yours. And I go, careful. Uh-huh. Because then you start to see it and you go, oh, man. And not just in other people's lives and in other systems, right? But in your own life, you're like, oh, no. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, oh, 20 years ago, I said this to a human being, and that wasn't okay. And so, but but as you start to unpack that, right, um, what's difficult, and this is also, uh, this isn't in our notes today, but uh, it's in John at the Last Supper where Jesus promises the helper. 
I think one of the reasons that's so significant and it's so powerful to me is because it's about to get really bad. Like it's about to get get so bad for them. The whole group. It's just it's just not going to be good. Um people are going to die. They're going to be in danger for their lives. Jesus is about to die really badly. I mean like all this stuff is about to happen and so like this is one of the things so problematic when you start to see systems in your own life, in your own person, the stories and the narratives that we that I've believed. But then in turn like other places where people have believed that it's 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 not that it's easy. I don't like that word, but there is a a chance of being overwhelmed and then thrown into despair. Mm-hmm. And despair is hopelessness. And Paul fights against this. Jesus fights against this consistent narrative throughout the entirety of the time. Even in Genesis with Adam and Eve, God fights against this. Go, no, no, no. No, he will come and he will fix it. And so there's all this stuff happening. But what I think is important, and we'll move to the next part here. Um, But before you move into the next part, I think there's two responses that we have. Sure. um, to, To that. We can either be overwhelmed and find that place of hopelessness or we can so compartmentalize it that we mm. ignore that it exists. Apathy. Uh, or just ignorance. Trying yeah. to make it easy by making it small. Oh, you want to talk about a system that's playing <laughs> that's playing out currently. I can't tell you how many people I've talked to. I was having a conversation last night about this where we were talking about, you know, something happening that happened in the last couple of weeks. I'm like, well, that wasn't that big a deal. And I'm like, oh, because that's um, and part of that, I think, too, and, and people, we're, we're complex beings. You can only handle so much, right? And one of the things that's fascinating about in the world we live in today, some systems that are in place, is we are, in my opinion, my estimation at least, we are, if you're not careful, you can indefinitely be overexposed mm-hmm. and just beaten down mm-hmm. by negativity mm-hmm. and vitriol and and difficulty and in turn like uh there's such a weaponization of these things in our culture right spade to spade Mm -hmm. um and so giving into despair or hopelessness or thinking like what can i do to help and and then you're talking about covid not being connected to Christian community like we've been talking about for the last couple months and having people like Dave that you can go and talk to, right? Like this type of stuff, right? Like, so all of this to say, like, these are complex things. Mm -hmm. So if you are a person who's listening to this and you do find yourself leaning into your way of making it through life is to think negatively of people and to withhold the best parts of you because you're, waiting for the other person or people to be terrible. I'm not calling you out. Uh, What I'm saying is, is like, I get it, but this is what we're talking about. Those Mm -hmm. two perspectives of, well, you can just sit there and be immobile and paralyzed by fear and despair, or you can start to hate people. I'm going to use that word. Mm -hmm. You can start to do this thing where you go, you know what? You deserve it. Because you've made these choices, so mm-hmm. I'm just like, and then I'm going to relish in it, mm-hmm. you know? And I'm like, that's also bad. Yeah, It's also damaging. It's mm-hmm. also not the perspective that I think Jesus is trying to give us. Mm-hmm. So Paul later says, well, you wrote on your slide, focus on grace. So like this this point you made I thought was brilliant too. Well, and it, 
And I've done kind of what I'm talking about. I've I've taken a, a small piece of this letter. Yeah, yeah. And you know that you have to to preach. Uh, you, yeah, you have to <laughs> put some limits on. But but Paul's letter is really talking about grace. Mm. And so I wanted I wanted to pull uh, the verse that's in our passage that really talks about grace, even in the midst of the sin. And it, do you still have that? Can you read that? Yeah, hold on. That that passage. Right. Okay. Oh, I thought you had it written there. No, I don't have. I don't have the passage. Oh, yeah, yeah, it is on here. So, if, for if many died through the one man's trespass, much more surely have the grace of God and the gift and the grace of the one man Jesus Christ abounded for many, mm-hmm. for the many. So, yeah. So Paul's kind of a whole discussion is this uh, conflict he he has set up between Adam and Jesus. You know, mm-hmm. saying all of this negative stuff has happened because of Adam, because of the first sin, because of the fall. Mm-hmm. Those kind of things, and that the work of Christ then uh, fixes or undoes all of that work. And I think there's important words that Paul is using here. Mm-hmm. Paul didn't say wage. Paul didn't say deservedness. Paul didn't say earned. Paul says grace, and grace is not grace is given. And freely, and it's not considering deservedness or undeservedness. It's just God doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, for me, when we're talking about original sin, and you know, we're talking about the brokenness or or the selfishness or the internal, like all this other struggle. I love that Paul gets this point in in Romans five, where he's talking about grace and he's talking about what Jesus has done in direct contrast to what what we have inherited. Um, and that there's a better way. Mm-hmm. There's a full way. There's there's a there's a way that is core to your to your soul that is fulfilling and will bring life to you, um, and and to a world that so desperately needs it because this is the solution. Grace mm-hmm. is is part of the solution. Um, and I think that like you know everything we started with in the beginning of the conversation to kind of formatting Paul and giving some backstory and context there into like how we've talked about this conversation to to being here where um it's God's grace at work in you and me and us for the betterment of all things right um is the solution which is also fascinating to me because that's not like I can't produce that Right, so even the thing I've inherited that I've contributed to, mm-hmm. that's my contribution. My contribution is let me break it more, uh, <laughs> you know. And God's response to that is, "I love you." Mm-hmm. Here's power, and love, and and authority, and relationship, and like status in the family. And I'm like, "But why?" And God's like, "Grace." And so, if it, you know, if you've never read Romans five that way. Like when Paul gets to this part, it's like, whoa, hold on, haymakers. Like he's mm-hmm. just bang, bang, bang. <laughs> and I love it because it's it's like it just like with, with the concept of original sin. For me, if you understand that, you understand brokenness, I understand my contribution into those things. Grace is just as much like a an earth-shattering concept. We're talking about like sin and, and the struggle there. But can, like the opposite of that is like, what does it mean when I'm loved? Well, that's exactly what what Paul is kind of kind of bringing up, right? Um, he's he's uh, he's saying this stuff exists and that Christ is the only solution. 
It's bigger than we can we can deal with. And how wonderful is that? Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, this is this is uh, uh, where Paul is is kind of focusing. Um, all of this stuff uh, exists, and 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 thanks be to God that that Jesus is, has come to teach us and to lead us and to and to begin to fix this stuff. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. It, it's 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 just so fascinating. Like I, you know, it's almost like you know, mic drop. Right. Like he's like, and then I'm out. Like tip your waitress. Right. Like, um, but it is that. You know, thinking about these people in Rome and what they're currently walking mm-hmm. through, mm-hmm. right? And this is what Paul gives them, right? It's just beautiful. Um, you know, Jesus is Jesus kind of walks through things with us and, and is telling us what we're worth. And, you know, the fact that Jesus even walks with us is like, I love you. So I'm going to come hang out for a bit before I like die terribly. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what? Uh, but in this, right, like, you know, hope um, for me comes on the back end of the beginning of wrestling this concept out, right? I don't, I don't hope aimlessly. I don't hope because I'm just like clinging to the tree going, okay, God, this hurricane is never going to end. You know, it's a, oh, like sin is a thing and it has separated me from you. And it's and it's created problems for not just for people but for all of creation. Mm-hmm. It is it is a problem, and you are the only one who can fix it. And you have decided to come and fix it. And I just get to play the small part in receiving that and doing the best I can to live it out for the betterment of myself and my relationship with God, but then other people as well. Um, but like we said before too. It's God at work. Mm-hmm. There, there is that, and Paul does get here too, where he talks about like, you didn't do it, Jesus did it. Um, and I think that's just an important thing for me, at least, to like grasp and to really re- wrestle with is, because even now, this is like where I struggle. As I go, oh, I'm smart. That's like, yeah. I'm like, and I'm smart enough to do it on my own and boom, and I'm running. And God's like, no, that's not what I said. Like, no, we, let's do it together. And I'm like, nah, right. I'm already outside. Like, I'm bye. I'll see you when I break it. Uh, but but that's the that's yeah. the journey, right? That's the mm-hmm. process is what does that mean? What does it mean to to be loved by by God? What does it mean to be loved by Jesus? And what does it mean to not be left alone? And that grace is abounds um for me and for for many. Um, but yeah, it's, it's Romans five. Paul is just like, whack, 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 man. I love it. And it's funny. You said this too. This will be my closing thought. I've sat in sermon series that use Romans five in such a negative, like there's no hope. Just like you are worms and you are trash and you are terrible. And, and and we never get to, and then the contrast that is used with Jesus is to further alienate us and creation and people because we love our sin and we're just blah, as opposed to Jesus cutting through all of that to come to me, to get me, and to walk with me. Mm-hmm. Um, I like that picture <laughs> better. Me too. <laughs> <laughs>
(laughs) (laughs) Well, and it makes more sense with the, with, uh, when you look at who Jesus was and how Jesus worked, um, you know, Paul is more in line with Jesus in this kind of explanation or this kind of exegetical work than, you know, Jesus or Paul saying we're all, we're all worms beat, you know? And Paul never says that, by the way, like that's, that's a, that's people taking their own concepts, which is fine. Right? Like, like you said before, I thought you said this brilliantly. Um, one of the things that's so beautiful about our faith and about being a human being is that we are not the supreme version of Christianity and what it means to have a relationship with God. They're like we come from a place that is ancient, that is also was trying to figure it out, right? Mm-hmm. And was learning and going through that. And so we are just, I am just part of the next iteration of like, okay, God, like, what are you trying to do? Mm-hmm. What are you saying? Like, how do I understand this? And so when I when I poke fun at the worm people, okay, the worms, um, that's just my own take, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I do think it's the correct one. But you know, there there goes me, like God being like, hey, let's do it together. And I'm like, nah, and I run out of the house. Um, but like you said, it 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 um, it's Jesus at work in us, and it's our understanding of how God is at work, mm-hmm. and we're just you know, working through it. Um, but we, I think in, in kind of a theme of our conversation too, is like, um, I've always felt too, that if you, if you start with questions that are really problematic, you will get problematic answers. And if we're going to Romans five, trying to find ways to make us terrible, trying to validate our, our evil or the broken or whatever you want to call it, and then you stop there, you will continue to have serious theological problems. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you can't read the next part that Paul talks about. It's like, no, 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 but the free gift is Jesus. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I go, free? I mean, free. <laughs> this is where Paul and I would fight. I was like, that wasn't free. It cost Jesus something. And Paul's like, no, dummy, like for you. Like, you just got to accept it. And I go, okay, fine. You're Paul, I'm not. I get it. Smart person. <laughs> Um, but this is, I mean, I, we both understand, recognize that this is tough sledding. So for any of our viewers, uh, if, if this is something you're struggling with, I mean, I want to, want you to encourage, I want to encourage you to reach out to either of us. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, we'd be happy to have further kind of conversations or if you have a, a small group or something and you'd like for us to come in and be part of that of course we'd love to yeah. to take that opportunity but this isn't this uh, this is important stuff um that that has been twisted over time uh and that there are problems with out in the world even today practical issues um so i i really don't want to you know dump this you know say all of this this week and then go on to something new next week without saying this can be a continual conversation and there can be a continual dialogue around this. Next week we'll talk about something else. Um, but but if if you're having issues with this, uh, contact us and let's spend some more time on uh-huh. it. I'd be happy to do that. I would say too, just to piggyback on that, my my final thought would be this: is you know, um, not to say good is in like I'm glad you're suffering, but good. 
Like these are these are two of the que- these mm-hmm. are like the questions. Mm-hmm. Right? If you're if you're attempting to reconcile and to navigate or work through like what does it mean to inherit sin? Like in broken like in this and what does it mean for God to graciously come to me and like try to work those things out? Like welcome to Christianity. Mm-hmm. Welcome to like the thing that like I mean I my title right is I'm a pastor um Dave is seminary grad, right? Like and we still can sit at lunch and talk about this and we're still learning new things. Like this is not, this is the, the, you know, it's, it's got it work in the midst of that too, like Easter and everything else. Right. Like it's not the most important, but, but in that, right. Like if you're res- wrestling through these things, know that you're not alone. I think that this is something we've all been wrestling with since like we were a species. I mean, like this is, this is, these are some of the questions um, so you're not weird. You're not like doing anything wrong. If you feel like you're right. kind of just struggling through them and you're not getting like super profound developmental growth, like welcome to the club. I, I, you know, so don't be discouraged as you're trying to, to reason through these things. My, my gentle encouragement would be, um, that you are loved, that you do matter, that grace abounds, um, always. Those are the things I wish I knew when I started working through these questions. Is I focused on the latter, which was, I'm terrible, vile, evil, and just capable of nothing but bleh. And that was not conducive or helpful. So know that you're that you're loved. Um, Amen to that. And and then we can work through them together because <laughs> I, I I need to know things because I don't have answers. <laughs> just trialing. But no praise out, Dave. Oh sure. Let us pray. Oh, great and gracious God, as we deal with sin, oh Lord, help us to to see our own sin, Mm -hmm. those individual sins that we uh, commit or sins of omission. But oh Lord, help us to also see the greater sin that is part of this world, the brokenness that surrounds us that, that might sometimes have an opportunity to overwhelm us. Mm -hmm. But oh Lord, we know that salvation comes from you. We know that you're at work within this world and within our lives. We know that your desire for each of us is to be is to be one with you. Help us, O oh Lord, to to do to uh, achieve that type of relationship. And it's in the name of Jesus that we pray these things today. Amen. Amen. I'm Pastor Kelly, and I'm Pastor Dave, and we'll catch you on the next one.